There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Nebraska Preps postgame with Damon Benning and Jacob Padilla. You heard it. That's the big voice guy. He he cues us when to go because a lot of times we're just out here clueless talking sports with one another. Nebraska Preps postgame. I'm Damon Benning, and that's my main man, Jacob Padilla. I did not realize, full disclosure here, that Jacob was going to be so popular with podcasts. I'm going to have to figure out how to keep you more exclusive. <laughs> thought I was the only guy that slums it and fret, fraternizes with Mike Sauter. I don't, <laughs> I don't know if I want you polluted. Yeah, um. Yeah, you two started yeah. together, so I, you got a little history. But yeah. I was like, "Oh boy, yeah. I got to get Jacob away from that guy." Yeah, I mean, we go back a ways. It, it's it's always interesting when he and I get together to start talking basketball. But it's, yeah. he, here and there, a little bit. He try he he tries to spread his wings a little bit. Try to get a lot of different people involved over there with what he's doing. So I see him. He's a, he's a glutton for punishment, man. So how was the holiday? Things good. Pretty good, yeah. Uh, yeah. Made it through. Everybody's pretty healthy um, and saw some great basketball. So Yeah, lots of it on the boys' and girls' side. Uh, lots of recap. Let's, let's go back and revisit. How about the boys' quarters, right? Some real interesting games in that one with, with Prep West Side. You had Central Papillion South. Uh, you had Bellevue West and who did Millard, West. West? Millard West, which – it's funny. We previewed that game, not to cut myself yeah. off, but to cut myself off about controlling tempo. Miller West found a way to control <laughs> tempo. till that third quarter. <laughs> and then, yeah, the X button happened, more like Chucky Hepburn happened, uh, who still hasn't shot it well, but finds other ways to affect games. And then Millard North and who did Millard? Oh, Papio, Papillion. Yeah. Uh, I better get that right because it's Papio South. We just say well, Papillion. The Monarchs. I think Papillion La Vista, and then Papio is the abbreviation for Papillion La Vista. So it's Papio and Papio South. There we go. So. Let's go with uh, let's go with Papio. <laughs> is Papio okay? Little Papio, Big Papio. Familiar with those rivers? Yeah. <laughs> As we uh, keep it light around here, we'll we'll start with um, let's go Bell West Millard West because that one was a little interesting for some. If you don't closely follow the Metro, at least at the half. Yeah, and tie game, 24 all at halftime. And that, that scoring. scoring, that's exactly, I mean, how, how many times has this this, uh, West put up 24 or more in a quarter? So 24 at halftime, that's right where Miller uh, West wanted it. I, I, was, I decided to stay home and just kind of follow all the streams as best I could. Instead of yeah, weather was not very yeah. cooperative. So um, followed all those on there. And so I halftime, I checked on the score. Then I went over and watched the end of one of the other games. And then I came back. And saw like the the score at the end third quarter. I was like, "What the heck happened here?" Because it suddenly went from tight neck and neck to oh, Bellevue West is in complete control of this thing. Yeah, you know what's interesting about Bellevue West, and we'll we'll get to this in a little bit as we continue to talk about it as the uh, the tournament progresses and we get to the final that happened on Saturday night. I think Bellevue West is going to have to figure out how they want to play and who they want to play through. 
The easy answer is, hey, listen, Chucky Hepburn, he's our point guard. This is what we do. He's kind of the maestro. And I understand that. But as we'll get to in the finals, the shot selection down the stretch, I felt like got away from Bellevue West. So I, I kind of – so you keep that thought. I, I want to I get to that in a little bit. Um, so they, they turn out. They have the big third quarter, um, double the score in essence. Now their offensive <laughs> output and uh, find a way to, to, to handle Millard West uh, in a sloppy uh, – a, a, not what I would call a very quality <laughs> played basketball game. Yeah. Central and Papillion La Vista South yeah. kind of slug their way through an overtime game, which took yeah. six unanswered down the stretch to even get it there. <laughs> um, but I think familiarity, they had just played – you're coming off a break. Just was not a very what I would call a a well played game, but a grudger nonetheless. The Central found a way to win. Yeah, and I know uh, you on your show talked to Coach yeah, Barons and kind of said the same thing. Guys coming off the break were a little bit sloppier than the game they played previously, which was a little bit higher scoring, a little bit more well played. Um, I thought so. It was definitely and down the stretch, man. Both teams tried to give that game away, and Central finally uh, took it, and uh, Papio South couldn't take it right back. But Level of surprise that uh, Denaire goes scoreless. <laughs> yeah, that, that was huge. And obviously he was in, in some foul trouble throughout the game, so that was a big part of it too. And then um, start of second half, they made a concerted effort to get him the ball on mm-hmm. the first few touches playing through the post, and he made great reads. They, they doubled, and he kicked it out, found the right guy, then knocked down a couple of threes. Um, but just they couldn't find a way to get him involved. And um, and the problem with that is the, the guys outside of him, outside of a couple stretches here, they just weren't shooting well. Yeah. So when their three-point shooters... Yeah. had a hard time finding it. Yeah, when their three-point shooters aren't hitting their shots and teams are doubling Denaire in the post, like who, who's going to make a play off the bounce? Um, who's going to be able to kind of step up in those moments? And they couldn't really find him. Although I will say Brokale... He, man, he was a beast there, finishing around the basket. Yeah, down the down the stretch, yeah. he was. He's crafty. He plays around so the hard. hoop, yeah. right? Like he figures yeah. out a way to get shots up on the glass. Yeah, and just kind of watch him as much as I had the last couple of years. He really does come up with some some really unique and, like you said, crafty shots around the basket. Yeah. So they don't always work out well, but you can yeah. see he's working on all this kind of stuff, yeah. different ways to finish. He understands he's not doesn't have a forty inch vertical, doesn't have a seven foot wingspan. He's got to be able to finish there against bigger, more athletic guys, and he's finding ways to to do that. And some of his strength, too. He had five, six, and one, something like that. I, I like his he's strength very strong. for his size. He's a strong kid. And he plays really hard. He plays from the ground up, too. Like, he's got a he's got a good, solid base. And, uh, you know, Central finds a way to win that one. Uh, maybe it was a look ahead. I'm, I'm not sure. I don't want to make excuses for anybody. Listen, coming off a break is coming off a break. But, you know, Central didn't practice uh, during the snow day the day before either. So, yeah. Uh, found a way to win that one, and uh, Westside Prep. We we thought and, that game would be very very interesting, and and, and and it was. Yeah, and they came out Westside that first quarter. That's what I expected Westside to look like. This very season. capable, really getting up in your shorts defensively, making life tough for guys on the perimeter, doubling in the post, really guys battling and scrapping. I mean Reggie Thomas again, denying post entries and all that kind of stuff. Guys knocking down threes. Um, and what was it like twenty to? It's 28, 26, I believe, at the half, and twenty to three at the end of one. Maybe yeah, that, twenty to six. Twenty six, yeah. yeah. So like that—that's kind of what I expected Westside to look like. And then prep after taking that 
that punch in, in the mouth early on kind of staggered for a moment, but they kind of settled in from there, and that experience, I think, kind of won out as the game went on. Yeah, they have some options, right? We talked about their versatility on offense, and Buckley's not going to shoot like that all the time, yeah. right? I felt like he had some good looks at the basket against Westside, and he just didn't knock him down, and you're going to have those kinds of days. But after a couple key timeouts, I felt like Coach Ludke did a good job moving the chess pieces, yeah. right? And he made a concerted effort to get the ball in the post. They played through Rollins, and when they didn't play through Rollins, Rollins cleaned it up on the glass. Yep. yep. Second and fourth quarters, I thought, A.J. was the best player on the floor. Right. He just absolutely dominated. And that's what, against a team like Westside, Much that's smaller. what you have to be able to yeah. do. That's what those guys with Jungers, and Jungers had some good stretches as well. Um, and Rollins, that's what they have to be able to do for prep. You've got to be able to assert um, uh, assert your size and your, your advantage there and take advantage of that. And A.J. did it, like you said, both in the post and going and getting the boards, double-double, 16 and 15. Uh, just an absolute monster in that game. Let me ask you something real quick while I've got you warm. Speaking of, of, of Jungers and Rollins, and I'm going to throw Will Kyle into that mix as well. When you look at three highly skilled bigs, they're all a little different. Probably the, the least talented offensively would be A.J. Rollins, but he very well may be the best athlete. So... What he does, he knows who he is. So given all that, they are kind of share the same temperament, right? It's almost like well, we have to get in where we fit in unless our, our coaches are maybe scheming or they just don't have the go. Listen, I'm going to go out and take over. Of those three, whose upside do you like the most? I, I'll have to probably go with Jungers there just based on the combination. Highly of, skilled. Yeah, he, he's, a li- he's a little bit he's taller. Younger. Yeah, he's younger. He's a little bit taller, and he's got that ability to step out and shoot that uh, shot. I think I think it was in that West Side or uh, might uh, it was in the Central game. I think. Where yeah, the he, semis. Yeah, the little in, off off the dribble kind of fadeaway jump shot, middle of the lane, like that kind of Hadn't thing. Hadn't really seen yeah. him. He's very capable. We've seen flashes. You're not going to go get that shot. He can get that off yeah. anytime he wants to. And he hit another uh, mid-range, I think. I think it was fourth quarter either um, against Westside, too. A little baseline yeah. dribble and pull-up jumper. Pull up. That was a yeah. little bit of a momentum killer, yeah. too, right? Where you think, okay, here comes Westside again with another run, and they just couldn't close. That was a big-time yeah. shot. That was a big-time shot. And then there's Kyle, who... Latest bloomer of the bunch, but, man, is he coming on strong. Tell you what. He's got a lot of versatility to his game, too. He's almost, being at the mercy of isn't the right term because he's not at the mercy of playing with other good players. Yeah. It's, it's a good thing, yeah. right? But he's not going to get a lot of set plays. You're, you're not going to get a lot of set pieces ran for him. Yeah. He's got to kind of clean up and get in where he fits in. He's a guy that I think is very, very capable of exploding onto somebody's scene in a different setting. Well, and the thing with him, too, is it's the defensive end, I think, is where he can really make a difference and be unique. And I was talking with the coach that was there watching, too, and the thing that stood out to him was the way that he switched on the guards yeah. with, with no fear whatsoever, sat down, stayed with them, made life difficult. You couldn't really take advantage of him uh, when you got those switches. Uh, and that's huge, especially in the modern game. If you can guard perimeter players as a big man and survive on switches, that, that's, that's a good way to get yourself recruited and get yourself into a playing rotation at the next level. Yeah, I've seen him play for a long time since he was way young. And, you know, he used to play like a guard, yeah. right? You, his dad, is he's a long guy. You knew he was going to eventually grow, but he's got, 
he's got the the short area burst and the quickness in him because he he's played smaller before. And I think he's even grown some since the summer. Like yeah. he looks like seeing him out there with those other guys, he looks a legit six seven. Where I didn't necessarily think that was maybe the case this summer, watching him play with Jason Green and some of these other guys. So. Yeah. Um, We're going to get to yeah, him. He's coming in a on second. strong. Um, as uh, the other one that we haven't mentioned yet was Miller North, um, in in a in a little bit of a dog fight with the Monarchs. Kind of kind of followed a similar script to the last one where Papio played really hard. They they made some good decisions. Um, they hit. They shot the ball pretty darn well early on, and then down the stretch in the fourth quarter, um, Miller North's kind of length and athleticism and size and was just too much, and they're able to pull away there, but. Again, another strong showing by Papillion the Vista team who has had the toughest schedule of anybody yeah. in the state to this point. Better team than their schedule indicates. I don't, I don't think there's any question about that. That's that that's a good basketball team. Yeah, two games against Miller North, one against Bellevue West, one against Prep already. Like that's that's tough. And 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 here's the thing: they'll guard you. I, I'm a I'm a little surprised, and maybe I shouldn't be. I think they defend better, especially in the backcourt. Yeah. Than I think they then then the the layperson would give them credit for. Yeah, they, they guard you. Yeah, Joey Hylock's a guy that really get after oh, he's you. He's strong, defender. physical, um, fantastic defender, and he's fearless. Yeah, and then Ingram's length, kind of shooting the passing lanes, all that kind of stuff, trying to disrupt things. He's he's really grown over the last couple of years. So that and is and a tough backcourt. And, and it's unfortunate for Joey. You know, he he guards uh, uh, the usually the toughest assignment, and of course this time around it's, it's Hunter Salas, right? <laughs> and uh, it, it's just a handful. Yeah. And just a handful. And as we fast forward real quick to skim through the semis, Miller North gets past Central in a game of runs. Yeah. Right? It's 6 0 here, 8 2 here. Let me ask you this about Central, though. Because this may be an issue all season long. The, the rotations and the substitutions are going to be interesting. We saw um, Faye get into foul trouble a little bit against Papillion South. Uh, Page Jackson Page came in, and I th- I thought, or excuse me, da- Jane Dawson got into foul trouble against uh, Papillion South, and you know Jackson Page came in and kind of steadied the ship. Really played well, I thought. But Central has options, right? And it's it's what are you going to get from PJ Davis? What are you going to get from Fade Germany? We know about Denham. We know about you know Jay Dawson was their second leading scorer at you know fifteen seven a night. Um, Jerem Marshall has become a little bit of an X factor for me because he's a he's a he's a really good player. He's talented. I'm trying to see how you think Central meshes together in the long term. Do you do you see cohesion happening in a few more weeks? Yeah, hopefully. And again, you bring in two transfers that are going to play the majority of your minutes. Yeah. Um, that. It's going to take a little bit of time. Um, these guys haven't been in your in your program. It's not like guys stepping up from JV that know how you play, even if they haven't had that right. experience. Coming from a completely different program that played a completely different way. Um, so it's going to take a little time. But what I saw in that Miller North game was you can see how Central can match up with bigger teams and how they can use their kind of lack of side. Yeah, athleticism, their ability to switch everything. Uh, one through five there can get out and guard on the ball. That's that's what they need to do to be successful, and that's what they did for long stretches. Like uh, Hunter Salas and St. Thomas were a combined eleven yeah. of thirty-four. Yeah, didn't shoot it in well. that game, so they did their job. On they shut down the primaries. The problem was just Tyler Sandoval and Jason Green offensive rebounds. I think 
I think Miller North had 19 offensive rebounds. Are you are you vibing with me? It was a lofty statement when I said it, and it was probably only like week two in our coach's corner, so it was early in the season, and I just loosely off the lips. I called Jason Green the best weak side rebounder yeah. in the state. There is something about his he's got an innate ability to go get it off the glass and be unaccounted for and really kind of be the cleanup man, and a lot of times he does it from that weak side, he's a tremendous offensive rebounder. No doubt. And especially because he knows, like, there's so much attention that's going to be paid to Hunter and Saint and those guys working on the ball. He he can do it himself. Like, he can initiate offense. He well, can be one of those hey, guys. How about, yeah. the, how about the four flat yeah. that, that, coach, <laughs> uh, that Coach Cannon called for him on the little isolation a yeah. couple of times, and Green gets to the 10 yeah. with ease yeah so he's capable of that but he knows like hey i got other guys that can do that too this is where i can really make my uh make my impact on this game is just go be that guy go crash that glass go while all the attention's paid over there i'm slipping in here and i'm six seven i'm gonna go up and bring that thing down over you and Um, in your opinion if central's playing well how are they playing offensively so they have a lot of like pieces they do so the key with them is going to be shooting the ball, and they just did not shoot it nearly well enough in that game. Jay Dawson and P.J. Davis, in particular, are two guys that are going to take a lot of threes for them, and they just didn't, didn't hit them in that game. And that's you've got to be able to, shoot, uh, to knock down threes at a high rate against Miller North, especially if you're giving up those offensive rebounds. I really would like to see P.J. Davis put the ball on the deck more. Yeah, He's kind of boxed himself into you know, a, a three-point shooter, but he's got good length. He can handle it. I'd like to see him get some easy ones at the basket. And he's finishing the ball really well this season. He does a great job of using his length and using his frame to kind of create those opportunities. Um, I think he's still kind of learning how within the floor of their offense, all right, where can I put this ball on the deck and attack? He's not the quickest off the dribble, so he's going to be more of an advantage scorer where the ball swings to him. It's a closeout, pump fake, drive by versus I'm going to break you down and get there myself. So that's going to be that's going to come along with kind of when their offense gets to flow and when they're moving the ball, drive, kick, drive, kick. That's kind of where his opportunities are going to come there, I think. Um, so that's that's where they're going to have to play again, like five out, drive, kick, drive, kick. Uh, really stress your defense. You got to you got to get out and run, but then in the half court, they also have to be patient too uh, yeah. until they get some really good looks. And then quickly, uh, Belv West uh, again, prep has some un, some untimely scoring droughts. Yeah. Right, where and, and I think they're they have too good of offensive talent to kind of have those lulls. But it happens to them where maybe it's a cold stretch shooting and you know, their defense is usually always gonna keep them in the game, but those those stretches cost them against Bill West. And I think that's where you see kind of the lack of any one real star player for go, prep. a bucket, go yeah. get it. Uh, so because like all those guys are capable of doing that in stretches, but it's not none of them I think are superior so superior physically or athletically or talent-wise to where, all right, I can beat anybody you throw at me on, on any given play. They've got guys that can really get going and stretch. And we saw that in the second half with the, their backcourt taking over. The problem with that game is foul trouble on the, the big. So you got really little. So, uh, Luke Jungers got off to a good start uh, in the first quarter and then didn't really get him many touches. They're uh, uh, doing a great job of uh, limiting post touches and denying those entries when they – when Rollins went in foul trouble, they tried to put Jungers down on the uh, on the block, and um, it just did a great. Jo- Bellevue West did a great job of denying those touches. Yeah, they're, they're on the ball. Pressure chance. is is next level. Yeah. I mean, and, and and we'll get to it now. I guess is the finals, which ended up being Bellevue West and 
and Miller North in a fantastic game. And you know, I, I, I said on Twitter it was one of the games where the hot hand kind of trumped shot selection. If you're a big fan of shot selection or what you call good shots, that game was happening so fast and so frenetic, and it, there were so many skilled players on the court. Some of that as a coach you just have to live with. Yeah, and <laughs> ill-advised is too strong, but, man, there were a couple of stretches, especially late in that game. I know that Bellevue West would want those possessions back. I think especially the the one where um, Chucky settled for the deep three at yeah. the end of the hey, clock. Okay, perfect guy to talk to. Yeah. Okay, I've argued about this for since it happened. I didn't love the shot. I said it real time. I said, oh, gosh. I, you know, Ensign was hot. I, Fiddler was going to get a good look. He could get in the paint. But then I remembered, I've seen Carney twice. <laughs> that, yeah, I, I, I saw what he did in summer league. Uh, I've seen him do that. for. He's got oh, four yeah. or five game winners, yeah. and they look about the same. So I'm thinking, all right, yeah. maybe I get it. Yeah, right. And, he, and he missed it. So, of course, we're going to say, oh, you would have liked to get something better. The, the other kind of, if you, the you, take, you take that kind of shot, you're absolutely getting the last shot. There's no, all right, we're trying to drive here and create something, turnover, and giving them the ball with five seconds left or something like that. So that's where you see, and, and that goes for all basketball. A lot of times where people complain about iso ball late in, in games or whatever, and coaches yeah, not I calling don't, plays. I don't, I, don't, I don't love it just uh, because I don't <sighs> – my cutoff had usually been middle school. Yeah. I just talked about this, right? I'm, I'm not a big fan of younger kids starting last-second offense under 10 seconds because they're not efficient enough. It's even harder for high school kids, yeah. right? I, I think – but I think what a lot goes into that, you, you'd rather go to overtime than make a mistake early on, try to get where, all right, you try to run a high pick-and-roll here and they trap you and you can't get the ball out or you turn it over. We saw Just, that Miller North Central where Polk yeah. got the steal where he poked 100%. it away from, from Hunter Salas and goes the other way for well, a winner. And then in the state tournament last year, too, where they, they ran the ball late and were able to get the ball out of uh, Hunter's hands. So, and so the more you do, the more that can go wrong. And if it's an ISO and you've got a guy that's capable of getting his shot off at any time, Fewer variables, fewer chances of things to go wrong, and you trust your players. So there, there's absolutely I, – I, I'm not one that would necessarily love to just kind of go that route all the way. And especially um, – but like you said, with, with a guy like Chucky, you kind of just trust him. And we have both seen him make so many of that kind of shot. Um, that, that one was pretty <laughs> deep, though, I'll say the that. Execution down the stretch kind of left both teams. <laughs> yes. Right? Uh, they, they both did their, their best to, to keep the other team in it down the stretch. I think twice under a minute in both overtime and regulation, the team that ended up having the game tied led by three or more. You almost well, – I mean, th- it's hard to lose those games. Uh, and then Miller North trying to run out the clock, 30 seconds down, throw an alley-oop out of bounds – Bellevue West comes down. They look like they're not quite sure what they're trying to do. Then they turn it back over with 11 seconds left. It's like, oh, boy. <laughs> it, was a, it was an absolutely phenomenal game. Uh, it, one of the best I've seen from start to finish overall. The execution down the stretch wasn't quite what you would have hoped to see, but mm-hmm. some players made some plays when they needed to. Yeah, and we obviously buried the lead, right? <laughs> I mean, 
one of the single best performances. Now, keep in mind, I've seen he's. I'm a little older than you. I've seen Andy Warwick go for fifty. I've seen Alton Mason live. I've seen Alvin Mitchell with ten threes in a game. Given the setting and where we were, St. Thomas's performance belongs single-handedly with some of the best that I have seen. And now I'm going back. I'm going back a ways. Yeah. Um, he was efficient. So if you haven't seen the box score, see what he did: forty-eight points on nineteen of twenty-six shooting. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. He's <laughs> five of nine from three. Yeah, five of seven from the line. So he scored all three levels. All he scored everywhere on the floor throughout the game. He how did. About, how about the rebounds? He twelve rebounds, six offensive, and that's what he does. He's always been a great rebounder. We talk about Jason being a great offensive rebounder. Saints right there with him, and he does a great job of positioning. He's not the most explosive, or like Denim Johnson, I think, had eight offensive rebounds yeah. in, in that semifinal. The, the pogo stick, two or three. He just literally yeah. jumped over the top and and beat them to the ball. Saints not like that. He'll get inside of you and use his height, use his body to carve out space and go up and get the ball. Um, so different style, but he's he's been so good at that. Um, I helped coach him for a couple summers ago on that second OSA team, and he was kind of the same way there. Just the growth I've seen from him from that. He works at his game, doesn't he? Physically, uh, emotionally, and skill set wise, like he keeps he's grown three four inches since then. Um, he, he handles adversity so much better than he used to, and now. Um, he's a consistent shooter. That was a question. He was always a streaky guy. Like he could make shots. Now he's shooting a ridiculously high percentage on them. I said this the other day or maybe this morning. I was talking to you on Twitter. He's developed a pension for whenever he has the most eyes. Yeah. He usually brings his A game. Well, compare what he did in that game to the state tournament a year ago down the stretch and kind of how he wasn't quite ready for that moment, it seemed like, with what Bellevue West has thrown at him. Fast forward here to the next time they play off. Although for three yeah. quarters of that game, yeah. he was probably yep. Millard North's best player. Yeah, and then and so, the state championship. Yeah. And then so kind of new experience, um, didn't go well for him. Now he came back uh, a few months later and completely different. He was the best player on the floor with, with a five-star recruit and a guy going to Wisconsin he was the best player on the floor from yeah. start to finish. I just couldn't believe his efficiency. Yeah. And, and, and he's just one of those guys. I feel like I always have to defend him. It's <laughs> just kind of like, you know, because he, you know, well, he's not this and he's not that. And, you know, the floor is too close. Just listen, I get all that. Yeah. I, I just know that the bravado and the brashness and the confidence and the willing to fail is why you saw what you saw the other night. I always tell people, being tough is just being willing to get beat up sometimes. He's willing to miss and take the big shot. And it's the 30-footer that he hit in OT. <laughs> he shot it like and his feet had hit the floor this morning, and it was what he was supposed to do. Well, and even Hunter had a huge putback on a three he missed. It's a great like, offensive rebound, too, by the like, way. And that was a ridiculously tough shot, kind of leaning deep, falling away. That thing circled that. That was halfway down and popped back out. And Hunter, He almost hit that one, too. And Hunter was right there to put it back in. But, like, even that, like, you can see a couple of his misses were just barely missed. And they were right there on some tough shots. Yeah, I, I always, you know, people... You know, in a game like that, it's always quick to compare the five star and who's this and who was that and who's, and and so inevitably, Hunter is probably the he gets the toughest criticism because he has the highest expectations. The highest yeah. expectations, and I always tell people, I said, if I had one, you can talk about ball handling, yeah. you can talk about 
whatever. If I had one thing that I would tell Hunter is, hey, at any point in the game, you can get fouled and go to the foul line. Like, zero free throw attempts for Hunter and Chucky in that game. Uh, unbelievable. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Where you just got to find a way to get downhill. Now, help side defense is help side defense, and guys putting a foot in the paint is fine. But you're the two best players going. I mean, you've got to find a way to get downhill, yeah. at least at some point. And, so, and I love his mid-range game. He, yeah. he has one of the best pull-up. Oh, Hunter yeah. has one of the best pull-up jump shot games going. And I see him work on it a ton, yeah. so I get it. But, man, sometimes you just want to see him go get something easy. Yeah. And recognizing, when those, op- yeah, recognizing when those opportunities are there because there are times like, where he ends up with more, uh, a lot of shot attempts and he ends up with some tough shots where he does put his head down and goes, but it's not there. Like, just kind of reading the defense a little bit better and recognizing, all right, this is my time versus, all right, um, I'll, I'll take the pull up here. Um, so that, that's going to continue, especially with the amount of defensive attention that he's getting. That's going to continue to grow as he matures as a player. Yeah, it's interesting, too, because when you look at those two teams, I think the general consensus is the better individual players reside on 144th and Pacific, the better team maybe off of Fort Crook and, and Chandler Road at Bellevue West, they'll have at least another time or two <laughs> yep. to sift through that narrative, don't you think? Oh, yeah, without a doubt. I'm very much looking forward to round two, and um, we'll see how kind of March turns out, but round three um, w- wouldn't be a bad thing either. Gosh, we didn't even get a chance to get to the girls' side, which – uh, that was a phenomenal game, too. And we'd be remiss to mention Hunter uh, for St. Thomas's game without mentioning what Alexis Markowski, Markowski down did. in the hack final. Yeah. Uh, 42 and 22. Insane. How about scoring the last 21 of the 23 points? <laughs> and, like, Sauter sent me a picture of what Fremont was doing to her. They literally had her sandwich between two defenders. Yeah. <laughs> She's just a handful. Not only because you don't see that type that often, yeah. but if you don't either front the post or get weak side help or pressure the ball for some of those low yes, post entries. That's huge too. You're going to be at, she's going to do whatever she wants to do. We saw it in the state finals a yeah. year ago. And there, there's nobody else like her. So it's hard to prepare for what she's going to throw. Yeah, Lincoln for, East is raising yeah. their hand and they're saying, yeah, we saw that. <laughs> We've seen that before. We, but, we saw that last year down in Lincoln. She's a handful. And Fremont already saw them once before, and that yeah. was a, a close game, was too. That, that was the second game in, what, nine days or 11 uh, four, days? Within 12 days, I think it was. Yeah. So And, and McCabe did her part. And they shot the lights out, Fremont. They had, yeah, I think she finished four or five. Uh, yes, uh, yeah, she, yeah, she did. Um, they, they were 10 to 17 in the first half, finished with 13 threes in the game. Like, yeah. that's... That's how you got to hang with a, a team like Pius with a Markowski. And Markowski correct me if, correct much. me if I'm wrong. It was, they were up seven or eight with like seven minutes to play, and then like a 14-0 run, I think, in the fourth. And but they Pius. scored 21 out of the last 23 yeah. points in the game. And that that's what I guess that's what championship caliber teams do. She's yeah. unbelievable. Yep. And then uh, up here in the Metro, another great, fantastic game. And so Central it, comes out just. Jumps up by 18 points. They're very capable of being that team. Yeah. And not, Ania Jones, she is phenomenal. She's fantastic. Arguably the best freshman in the state. Maybe not. Maybe it's not even debatable. Well, it's, well you got Britt Prince Brit, as well. So yeah. you got those two right at the top of the class. Yeah. That is an absolutely phenomenal 
Top one, two, and, however you want and to they both will be ranked in the top fifteen. I'm guessing nationally before it's over, if if they yeah. continue to oppress. Jones is already there in her class. Uh, She's a better ball handler than ninety percent of the uh, the high school basketball players that I see on either side, boys and girls. You don't have to be afraid to say it. Yeah, she's been like that since. Well, and she played with the boys. Like I saw her playing with the boys. Yeah, yeah, she played. Yeah, I've seen her kill those guys for four years before. Going into the seventh, her middle school year, she went back over to the girls' side. But her sixth grade year, when she took those guys to 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 nationals, she was playing with the boys. And Central's young in some yeah. key spots, but you know, where she's a freshman, not really accustomed to playing with that lead. And Coach Mar- Bryce, hey, listen, his young group had went through that yep. last year, yep. so they had kind of been there and done that, and. It's not like they're a savvy veteran bunch, but those freshmen last year that he was playing the three are now sophomores, sophomores. and that experience mattered. And they've got a lot more, like you say, they got more experience than a lot of upperclassmen in a lot of other schools. And Chloe, Chloe Lemon and Megan Belt just absolutely took over in the second half. Yeah. Finished with 23 apiece. Um, I, I think 38 of that was in the second half. So that's how they ended up coming back there and made some big plays down the stretch. Is that ballooned as much as, was it 18 or 21? It was 18 points in yeah. the second quarter. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's a long way to come back when you have to get stops against a team that talented and as athletic as Central. But uh, those three teams, the aforementioned, uh, and, and Fremont's probably yeah. going to be in that discussion as well. I think that's the, yeah, that's that's the, the four, four, right? Yep. I mean – We'll be talking about those four. And again. we saw it on, on the boys' uh, uh, Metro semis, too. That four teams right there, Pius will have a chance to kind of crack into that mix, but it looks like those are the four right now as well. Yeah. Should be a, should be a fantastic remainder of the season. We're just getting going. We had to go a little long today. <laughs> we just call that overtime. Yeah. That's all right. Nothing wrong with that. And uh, we probably didn't, still didn't get it all in. No, we did not. We will be back next week. Make sure we get you guys and gals covered. Anything you want to know, uh, your Twitter handle is? Jacob Padilla underscore. I'm at Damon Benning. Uh, you can get us uh, with the feedback on Facebook Live, however you want to uh, converse with us. Let us know what you want us to talk about, who you want us to hit, who we need to be covering, and we'll get you covered. It's Nebraska. Preps post game. That's Jacob Padilla. I'm Damon Benning. We'll be back next week. A Huda Media Production.